Today's guest is gonna talk all about the different ways on how Amazon sellers in 2020 can and are utilizing ManyChat to help their businesses. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world, and I'm happy to welcome back to the show. It's been a, a year, year and a half since you've been on here. Michelle, Michelle, how's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Excellent, excellent. I mean, time flies and you're having fun. It seems just like yesterday we were we were doing this, but I was looking at the calendar. I was like, oh my goodness, it's been this long. What's right. what's going on? How, how the world has changed uh, since the last time you've been on this show, I guess, huh? <laughs> right, back in the good old days. <laughs> yeah, back in the good old days of early 2019, you know. I know, crazy. When, when Corona was uh, a cheap beer, you know, not anything <laughs> else. But anyways, here, here we are. And that's kind of like why I wanted to bring you on here, you know, the only thing consistent in Amazon sometimes is change, they say. And, you know, we can't just have somebody who's an expert on PPC or an expert on this or an expert on chatbots, you know, come on and in 2018, 2019, and then, hey, we this is the knowledge we're going to go with for the next couple of years because I'm sure everything is still the same. No, th things change. We need to know what's working, what's not working. And so that's why we try and, um, you know, bring, bring our friends back a after a year or so so that we can see these updates. So in case you guys have not seen that episode, if you guys want to get the backstory of Michelle, please go back, you know, go to helium10.com forward slash podcast and uh, look up her name and you'll see that first episode. So let, let's just hop right into this. What, first of all, what is like the number one biggest thing that you have seen in the last year, year and a half since you've been on the show, as far as either how Amazon sellers are using chatbots in their business or something on Amazon that has changed, that has affected how sellers use chatbots? What's the, what's the biggest thing that's changed? Oh man. Well, I think the biggest thing that changed earlier this year was actually the chatbot platform itself. So Messenger went from being able to send um, a message anytime to any one of your subscribers, whether it was promotional or non-promotional, you know, that, that kind of a thing, um, to in March, basically Messenger rolled out some serious platform changes that we thought would be the big news <laughs> of 2020. Ah, oh, surprise, here we are. Um, <clears throat> but those were the biggest changes that happened earlier this year that drastically changed how and when Amazon sellers can communicate with their audiences. And, um, you know, it hasn't been, uh, like hugely difficult to pivot. Essentially it's gone from, Hey, send a promotional message for free to any time to anyone. Um, now it's like, Oh, well, you want to do that. Now you got to pay to play, which is very typical of Facebook. They get you, you know, addicted to their platform and get you excited and, and into it. And then, they start charging you for it. So I call them a drug dealer for, for those purposes. <laughs> um, so it's very, very kind of typical. But as far as, you know, since then, and since, you know, with all the craziness that has happened since 
since March and with the inventory fluctuations that people have experienced because China was shut down and, and then inventory restrictions in April. And then, you know, gosh, all the new inventory restrictions that we're, that we're facing heading into Q4. Um, you know, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that has changed in how sellers are using chatbot chatbots is with the actual strategy that they have to employ um, to protect their inventory, quite frankly, because it's going to be difficult to get it in, especially if you're launching new products, especially as we're looking at the holiday season ahead of us. Sure. Now, now that first thing you, you mentioned, that, that's uh, I remember you know talking to different people about that, that it was coming. Can you talk a little bit more in detail? What, what does that mean? Like, how does that, how did that affect how people actually are utilizing chatbots? It affected more the type of messages that were being sent, specifically if you're sending promotional content. If you're sending, um, uh, you know, things that are like informational about somebody's maybe like account with you or uh, a calendar event that they signed up and registered for, you can send those messages for free because they're just you know, it's all about engagement and, and things that people have opted in to receive. What Facebook's basically doing is preventing the platform from becoming a spam platform where people are just like, ugh, I don't want all these messages and they're muting their notifications and it's, and it's losing its, um, reach basically. Um, they're trying to keep it from becoming email <laughs> really. It's what yeah. it comes down to. Um, so, so what they did was, um, essentially put restrictions on when, and who you can send promotional content to. And what it came down to is that if somebody has engaged with your bot um, within 24 hours, you can send promotional content to them Um, outside for free, for free. Um, Outside of that, what we call the 24-hour window, um, it basically became pay-to-play where you send people, like your subscriber base, paid messages. If you want to send out, you know, like a new, a new Uh, offer, like a new ranking uh campaign, you know, like that kind of a thing. And it it works very similar to, um, to Facebook ads where you have an audience and you have a budget associated with that. It might be like a million people that you're targeting, but not all million of those people are going to see your ad on the first day, that kind of a thing. So, so things like deliverability, um, have been affected. Like, you know, if you have a list of a thousand people, you know, they, if you want to send a message on a specific day, you know, probably about 60% of those people are actually going to receive that message. And then if you have it spread out over several days, then, then the likelihood of, of all of those people eventually, you know, seeing that message is going to be higher. Uh, so it's, it's just one of those things that you have to kind of like with Amazon, you got to pivot, you got to adjust, you got to, you know, learn different methods. And what was cool about many chats specifically, and that's, that's my platform, my chatbot platform of choice is that they saw this coming. They're, they're, you know, in tight with Facebook's Facebook messengers, product management, and they saw this coming and they're like, okay, we got to find a way to offer additional channels to be able to communicate with, um, with subscribers. And so they, with ManyChat, you can now send SMS and email messages to your subscribers. And what that does is like with SMS, if you, you know, somebody goes through your opt-in bot and, and will submit their, their phone number because they want super awesome deals from you. Um, you know, SMS has really high deliverability and really high engagement rate. But what's cool about it is that somebody clicks on your SMS message, the rest of your flow, the rest of your communication can all happen inside of Messenger. 
and it will essentially reopen that 24-hour window, um, making it so that you can com- communicate with them, follow up on, on different offers that you've sent, all that fun stuff. So there's different ways that you can play around the rules, we'll say, and, and still accomplish your, your main objectives, which for most Amazon sellers is to rank products, launch new products, and, uh, and harvest reviews. All right. So the going back to this kind of pay to play thing and, and, you know, only 60% of people maybe seeing it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how this works. So let's say, I mean, obviously if you're running a Facebook ad and the click through or the, the call to action, I should say on the ad is that it, it, it pops you into one of our messenger flows. That's still free because that's, you know, obviously within 24 hours because right. they're literally interacting with, with what you're right. doing right, right there. But then like, okay, now, now you've, now you've got them, you know, they're, they're in your quote unquote list. All right. Since they clicked on your ad and, you know, three weeks later, you want to let them know that you're adding a new product or whatever. So how does that work? Do you have, can you just send it out to everybody, but then now only the people who actually see it you're actually going to get charged for, or do you have to prepay just to even get it in front of the audience's faces? So, um, it's not prepay. It's basically you're paying for, for impressions, very similar to Facebook ads. So, so back to that list of like a thousand people, for example, you might set your budget to, um, for that, for that paid message to go out. If you're really serious about it, like $500. Now that budget is not going to get spent at the end of the campaign. You're going to pay pennies for, you know, your, uh, people actually like opening your message. Usually it's anywhere from five cents to 25 cents per subscriber to engage with your message. And that's a really important thing for sellers to, to realize is that a lot of sellers will get really good at running Facebook, um, Facebook ad campaigns for their ranking campaigns, you know, and, and they, and I have a seller who's built up their audience, like 10,000, 12,000 subscribers, and they haven't once gone back to those subscribers with additional offers. And I was like, you know, you're paying anywhere from a buck 50 to maybe $3 per subscriber on Facebook, um, you know, running your Facebook ads. But if you were to send, you know, a similar offer back to your list, you'd be paying 15 cents, 20 cents you know, to send that message to them. So it's really, and, and you're developing your audience, of course, you know, and, and developing a relationship with them. So it's really one of those things where, um, you gotta be smart about it and think about your strategy, but it's, it's a huge under underused opportunity. We'll say that. Okay. Now here's one thing that me personally, I have always been hesitant. Uh, I guess you could say, uh, as far as using chatbots and, and but but this is you know very very prevalent this is a big reason that people use chatbots is it's for you know uh, getting around the amazon messaging system where you can only ask for a review once you know on there and and you, you, know, you can't be very fancy about asking for a review so a lot of sellers you know that they'll if they have people in their audience that they know they bought their product you know because they were doing a rebate campaign or something with many chat well huh? they'll go back to that audience now and and ask for a review off of off of Amazon, you know, through through ManyChat. Now, just in general, the, the way uh, what you're saying sounds like like the people who use it this way are also affected because by definition, if you're waiting a week or something for them to have gotten the product and then hitting them up to ask for a review, 
wouldn't that fall under this category where now they have to pay to, to send this message? No. So this is a really great point in getting ah. into pro promotional content versus non-promotional content. And what, you know, messenger calls like tags, um, non-promotional messaging tags. Now here's the thing is that Facebook messenger does consider requesting reviews to be promotional. So it's all in the wording. <laughs> it's all in the structure mm -hmm. of the flow. So I don't care if, if your next message to be, to these subscribers is like five days later, 10 days later, 14 days later. Um, the very first message in the flow needs to ask about their order and make sure that they received it. So usually the message is something along the lines of, Hey, we're just wanting to check in and make sure that you received, you know, product X. And if they say yes, then that reopens the engagement window and they can be like, Oh great. How did, how did it work out for you? How did you like it? You know, and, and, you know, follow up with your, your review, you know, your, your questions on the product performance and, and requesting a review. Now that very first message needs to have a post-purchase update tag. That's one of the, uh, approved non-promotional content tags that basically guarantees that a message will be sent no matter, no matter the, the timing of the previous messages, the, you know, the engagement window. Okay. So that is what will secure your ability to follow up and request that review. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now that, I mean, that's still, that's still, uh, to me, I mean, Amazon these days is just so crazy. Like even people who are sending a message, you know, like for example, using follow-up by helium 10, and then they hit that request review button. They're getting like suspended about the reviews. Right. And, you know, even though we've told everybody, guys, you can only do one, you know, don't, don't, don't abuse the system. But, but this, you know, it, in many Amazon sellers opinion could be something like so minor, like, are you serious? You know, Amazon, you just gave me a 30 day ban just because uh, I clicked the button on your thing after sending a message already. But like Amazon is just so super sensitive they are. about reviews. And, I, and I've been hearing rumors. I've never, you know, like I said, I, I don't use, I personally don't, don't use this method. So I can't say from personal experience, but I have heard that we had somebody else on the podcast who said that, you know, he's heard of cases where the really bad people out there who are abusing many chat or abusing the review system, you know, like, Hey, we're, we're going to give you, if you want to, uh, get a free, you know, a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you know, gift card, uh, it's cool. As long as you give us a five-star review. I mean, like they are like, just like blatantly against terms of service, but I've actually heard now that some Amazon like representatives at times are investigating these kind of things and like getting into people's flows when they hear reports of abuse. Have you heard of, yeah. of things like this? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard just recently, just in like the last few weeks, I've been hearing more about it. What's usually triggered it is, is competitors complaint, you know, reporting, you know, reporting that the somebody's one of their, one of their competitors is product insert is against terms of service, you know, like that kind of a thing and, and getting into flows. I think what's important um, from a review request perspective, a couple of just like principles of, of requesting reviews is first to make sure that the reviews are not positioned as requisite to getting your rebate, you know, like, so, so for one thing, like if you're using a rebate campaign, um, that you're not saying, Hey, to get this rebate, you need to submit a screenshot of a review or any kind of offer, you know, like whatever, whatever type of campaign you're running. So you need to make sure that, that you're not, uh, it doesn't appear like you're incentivizing reviews at all. 
Um, the other thing you need to kind of pay attention to is review velocity and making sure that you're not getting too many reviews too quickly. Um, you know, we've, we've been seeing it for a couple of years now that, that Amazon is expecting less than 5% of, of sales to convert into organic reviews. So if all of a sudden you're getting 10, 20% of your, uh, you know, sales converting and leaving reviews, you're going to get, you're going to get in trouble basically. And, uh, you know, Amazon's really trying to protect the, the review side of things. So if, if people are doubling down on every kind of black hat tactic that they can think of to manipulate reviews, then, uh, you know, then yeah, Amazon's going to be cracking down and being in, and getting more and more sensitive. Does that mean that you can't use many chat flows to, to request reviews? No, no, absolutely not. And it still is very, um, relevant. You just need to make sure that you're playing very much within terms of service and avoiding um, incentivized reviews in any form. Yeah. And even the, the language, you, I mean, at least on Amazon, you know, more uh, as, as mentioned, you know, I, I doubt that Amazon is examining people's many chat flows, even a, one half of 1% or anything, but you know, on Amazon, they're, they're checking everything. So sometimes even if you're doing it right where you're only asking one time, but it's just maybe the way you say it, or you're trying to send somebody to a link that automatically populates a five-star review, or or you, you just say something simple like, hey, if you had a great experience, we'd love to hear from I mean, like even I've seen people suspend over that. So just just keep in mind, everybody, whenever you guys are dealing with reviews that try never to to kind of like, you know, do the gray area stuff, because that's the one thing that Amazon is very, very, you know, sensitive about and and rightfully so. People on both sides have been abusing the system. I, I'm literally uh, looking at my, the Project X Seller Central account right now. I had just clicked out, out of something and uh, I noticed that uh, uh, there's a buyer, a random buyer who I don't think bought the product, but they just sent a message saying, hey, would you be interested in giving me a free product as long as I leave a, uh, a review? So there's like this culture out there oh, that uh, ha has permeated, you know, that, that Amazon hates, you know, because they get such a bad press about it, you know, so... Guys, just just be careful. Now, going back to what I think the, is the principal way that Amazon sellers are leveraging ManyChat is, you know, like you said, for for launching their products. So, you know, you talked about this uh, last year, but you know, just in case people didn't hear that episode, or or just to to keep up to date with what maybe what's changed, can you walk us through how somebody would use ManyChat in order to help with their product launch? Yeah, for sure. And it's really important, guys, for you to stay up on on current strategies. Even the, the strategies that I shared even back a year and a half ago, um, you know, they've changed. They've changed. Like, you know, coupons don't work necessarily as well as as they used to. And so we've pivoted and are focusing more on rebates. And just within the last um, several weeks, we've actually pivoted back to a combination of coupons and rebates. <laughs> so, so it's really important to stay up on ranking strategies because quite frankly, they have to change. They change constantly because Amazon changes constantly, right? The goalposts are constantly being moved. So the game is constantly changing. Um, so one of the big things, uh, to, to kind of pay attention to, especially as it relates to, you know, inventory limits that are in place for new product launches specifically is it is really important to, um, to go into your, uh, your chatbot planning, um, and your, the strategy that you're using very, like very strategically. So the, the first thing and shout out to helium 10 
uh, Bradley on this one is that like the first, the first place that, that all sellers need to spend time is on their keyword strategy. That's like, Mm. that is the most important thing I'm speaking, um, at many chats conversations conference, uh, in October. And a, like, this is a conversation, you know, this is a conference about many chat, right? But like two thirds of my presentation is all about going to be about keyword strategy because it's going to be super crucial going into Q4 um, with these inventory limits in place to protect your inventory, to limit how many keywords, uh, you know, to be very strategic in the keywords that you're selecting um, and, and keeping keeping that inventory, those inventory levels in mind and not just going after any old keyword. And you will be surprised. I'm sure you've seen it yourself. Like how many people are just like, oh yeah, that keyword will do. And then when you actually dive into the, the research, they have no business going after that keyword. And so it's really important yeah. to start with strategy because chatbots are just tools. They're just tools. You put garbage into that tool, you're going to get garbage back out of that tool. So, so like, please, 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 please spend time doing that. And just like a little, a little, you know, nugget for you guys is right now is a really great time to research and position yourself for gift related keywords. So if there are you know, and I'm not talking about like general broad keywords, like gifts for women, you know, that has that, you know, come, come the holiday season gets 3 million searches, you know, per month during that four week period of time. I'm talking about niche gift keywords. So vegan gifts, unicorn gifts for girls, um, uh, gifts for hunters, gifts for Trump lovers, you know, like whatever it might mm-hmm. be, like really, really double down on those, those keywords. And you can see looking at, um, looking at magnet, you can see what the historicals are, uh, for last, for the last holiday season. And you can see now, right now to rank for that keyword is going to be just super easy, super accessible. Um, but come November, December, that, that keyword search volume is going to just shoot up sky high. It's going to be really, really difficult to um, gain position. It's better right now to get on top of that mountain and defend position than, you know, in a few weeks, try to climb that mountain with everybody else who's trying to claw their way to the top. Okay. It makes sense. So you do all those, you know, you picked your, your keyword and not now you're, you're down to like, you know, one, two or three keywords that you're like, Hey, this, this is the one that's really going to, to, to help increase my sales off the bat. And, and of course, guys, uh, as we've said before, it's always best to, you know, do your launch as early as possible from when you activate your listing. So you can take advantage of that honeymoon period. That's right. So you've chosen your keywords. What's the, you know, what's the, what's the next step? You know, is the next step setting up a Facebook ad? How, how do you do it? Yeah. So the next step here is to determine the many chat campaign strategy that you want to, that you want to use. So this is where you're picking, um, whether you're going to do a rebate or an add to cart campaign, um, or, or some other, you know, fancy, fancy name that we'll probably come up with, uh, here in the next few weeks as we launch some new, some new strategies. Um, the big thing is that you have to also think about is your call to action, which is, are we going to be using our, our two-step URLs? Or are we doing a search find by campaign? Um, and, and if you're re-ranking for a keyword that you're already sort of existing, you know, ranked for, then a search find by campaign can definitely um, be something that, that will work 
for a call to action. But if you're launching a brand new product and you're going to be way off in the, in the boonies, as we called it mm-hmm. growing up on the farm, cause we literally lived in the boonies, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. no man's land. My dad used that uh, phrase uh, constantly when he grew up for, uh, in Oregon. <laughs> yep. Yep. I grew up in Washington. Maybe it's like a, like a Pacific Northwest thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're out in no man's land, if you're, you know, search, find, buy campaigns, the bottom line is consumers are lazy. And, and if you make it too difficult for them to, to find your product uh, via search, find, buy, it's going to be really difficult um, for you to be able to rank because people are not going to find your product and therefore buy it. Um, so be really smart in, in figuring out like, Hey, if you're not within, you know, position 50 and, and lower for your target keyword, then probably a two-step URL is what you're going to want to use until you're within that kind of magic distance from your keyword. So once you have kind of the, the, the mini chat campaign and your call to action, uh, that you're working on, then you turn on your Facebook ad traffic. And what's so cool about ManyChat and Messenger is they're tied directly to Facebook. So setting up those campaigns is really simple and seamless. And, um, you know, Facebook obviously loves you driving traffic through their platform. So, uh, so, you know, and, and, and people have been complaining, you know, there's been rumors that Facebook's become more obsolete and, and, you know, people are banned, like banning it. And who even knows like latest drama du jour. Right. Um, but look, I run Facebook ad campaigns all day, every day. And I, I do not see such things. <laughs> I see lots of traffic. I see inexpensive traffic coming in. And if there's an audience that you want to find, if there's an audience you want to reach on Facebook, you can do that. Um, it, they still, it still has your customers there who are anxious and ready to buy your product. So that's you know kind of the long and short of it without being able to demonstrate the whole thing. I can talk through it to a certain degree, but sometimes it's just, it's just easier to see it live. Okay, cool. Now, what is in recent experience, what kind of, of cost, you know, per, per conversion are you seeing, or first of all, cost per click, because we all, we, we also know that, you know, just because somebody clicks into it, they, they don't always go through the whole thing. Right. So what, what's the difference there? Like, what, what are you seeing with overall, like, all right, Hey, it, it costs us this much for, to get people even into our flow, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, this is how much it, it costs, uh, to actually have a. Uh, a transaction here. Right. So if you're running like a hundred percent rebate, um, which is very typical, then what you're going to typically, what you're going to see as a cost per subscriber is anywhere from, you know, 50 cents to three bucks. If it's higher than that, you know, you need to, you need to retool your audiences, your images, you know, all that fun stuff. But that's, that's pretty much the price, you know, the, the, the price, uh, average, from there, um, the actual like cost per completed sale um, is gonna is is gonna vary quite a bit. You know, it, it really comes down to I think the price of your product that you're asking people to shell out. You know, upfront usually uh, usually products that are less than thirty dollars out of pocket upfront uh, convert better than than more expensive products. You know, if you're asking somebody via cold traffic saying, Hey, I have this $200 weighted blanket and we'll rebate you hundred percent. You know, that's that there's some risk there. Right. Um, you know, people are like, I don't know you. I don't know if this is a scam. Like what's going to happen here. Am I going to get my money back? You know? Um, so 
so I, that definitely plays into uh, the co- basically completed sales. What I typically tell people is that they need to develop their own kind of baseline um, for their campaigns and and basically figure out you know, how many, you know, what's my cost per subscriber? What's my cost per rebate, completed sale um, and completed rebate, and then do the math and figure out, okay, well, this is, you know, I have a a, a 25% conversion rate. I have 50% conversion rate. I have 75% conversion rate, whatever that might be. And then you can go back and play around with your Facebook ad spend. If you're getting, you know, 50 people into your, or a hundred people into your bot on a daily basis and your conversions, and you only need like 10 sales a day and you're getting like 90% conversions. Well, you can dial back on that, on that daily ad spend. You know, you don't have to pour so much into, you know, so, so much into that campaign. You can dial it back. Um, I think it's also important to note that if your product is super hot, uh, there's Facebook groups out there that are out looking for deals and, um, and you don't necessarily want to be found by them. (laughs) Mm, uh So, so if you find that you, your offer has gone viral, Something that kind of dissuades people is playing around with that offer amount. So instead of 100% rebate, um, maybe roll out an 80% or 75% or 50% rebate. Um, and, and that's another way that you can get a, a higher quality uh, subscriber um, versus just the savage deal hunters that are out there. Yeah, because a lot of times the, you know, what people call like, I guess the buyer quality or something uh, of those, you know, might be, might be a little bit less or or might be a little bit suspect to, so that like, if you end up, if you do end up getting, you almost don't even want reviews from that kind of customer. No. And that's, that's another theory that's kind of being batted around there. Um, that a lot of sellers, if, if they get sucked into a, into a deal group and goes, goes viral, that if Amazon sees reviews from like somebody from with a low, low quality, you know, audience score that those, those reviews will get wiped. And, you know, and so it's, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, some people are seeing that happen. Other people are not seeing that happen. So I wouldn't necessarily stay up at night trying to, trying to figure out how your bot can, can, uh, pre-select, you know, or sort through mm-hmm. people efficiently. Cause there really is no efficient way at this point of, of discovering somebody's buyer quality score. But yeah. the best way to do it is, is to play around with those offers and make sure when you're developing your audiences and selecting your audiences on your Facebook ads, that you are, you're playing around with interest targeting and not just like the deal, like deals are what they're interested in, you know, or e-commerce buyer is, is, is their interest, you know, play around with things that are applicable to your audience and, and their specific interests and that, and you're more likely to get real buyers and not just these deal hunters. Okay. Good to know. Now, do you suggest like automating the rebate process at all or hiring VAs to, to like manage that? And then secondly, how long do you wait to give them the rebate? Because, you know, there's always, you know, fear out there like, yeah, you know, they order the product and I give them their, their rebate right away, but then what's to stop them from just canceling their order or just returning it or whatever. So there's a, there's a fine line there because if you wait too long, it's people are going to be turned off and they might not want to even do the deal in the first place. So, so how, how do you manage those, those questions? Right. So, you know, I've played around with this quite a bit 
over the last few months. And I think bottom line, you have to, you have to come back down to your core objective, which is ranking and ranking requires sales velocity and consistent sales velocity. Right. And so, um, if you're going to introduce things like rules of the rebate upfront and saying, Hey, you can get this for hundred percent off, but it's a, it's a 30 day post purchase. And these people don't know you it's cold traffic. You know, um, there's some, there's some really great rebate platforms that are out there that have kind of established communities where people have, there's a lot of social proof that this is legitimate. Um, but if somebody's just clicking on a chat bot where they don't know if it's legitimate and you're saying, Hey, 30 days post-purchase there, there's a lot of friction there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to see that conversion rate that we talked about earlier drop significantly, uh, of people not completing the sale and completing the flow. Now, what I've typically seen as far as, you know, canceled orders or returned orders is that out of a hundred people, maybe, maybe you'll see one of those kinds of things. And so it's a lot of angst over an issue that's not too big at this point, I would say. And once again, everybody has to kind of baseline that for themselves. If you're seeing a lot of that happen in your own campaigns, then gosh, you know, play around with maybe like 10 days post-purchase or 15 days post-purchase, you know, and just kind of like maybe move that, that needle up, especially if, if you've developed an audience that you can go back to um, maybe one or two times and, and, and there's a relationship established there. Um, I, I think it's just important to come back to what's the core objective. If we need that velocity, then we need to also be cautious in introducing points of friction that could slow that velocity down. Because at the end of the day, if you don't get that velocity, that's a whole bunch of wasted money, both for subscribers, as well as for, you know, the, the product and the inventory that you've wasted as well. So it's this kind of balancing act between, you know, addressing those fears and concerns, which are completely yeah. legitimate, but are they worth slowing down velocity and, and putting your campaign in jeopardy? Okay. Good to know. I, I think throughout this year, more than in recent memory, I've seen a tendency of of seller e-commerce sellers considering more off Amazon. You know, especially during the at the peak of the pandemic when when you couldn't even send inventory into Amazon. All of a sudden, now people are like who hadn't considered selling on Walmart before, or hadn't considered selling on Shopify. You know, I, I see more people adopting these other marketplaces now. In your experience for your clients, uh, have you noticed anybody to uh, start you leveraging ManyChat against you know selling on or and ranking on Walmart.com or or these other websites, or is it still like ninety nine point nine percent Amazon? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to hear of. Um, you know, some sellers, uh, being able, you know, before Walmart had its own gating, so not just everybody could sell on Walmart. Uh -huh. Um, uh, Etsy, you can play around, you know, Etsy has a very easy algorithm to manipulate. So, you know, you could rank there fairly easy for your keywords. Um, like I've heard of some sellers start to dabble in walmart.com and, and, but I personally haven't run any ranking campaigns there yet. What we have been doing though is running, you know, if we have a product insert and it is, you know, not just an Amazon inventory shipment. So maybe that, maybe that inventory could be going to target or Walmart or, um, Amazon that the product insert then would address like 
well, where did you, you know, where'd you purchase your product? Amazon, Target, Walmart, you know, like and being able to have people select uh, where they purchased it and then using different, different ways to validate their order to, to just make sure. And then, and then requesting reviews for walmart.com for target.com, you know, those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. So I wouldn't say that I've seen sellers use chatbots for ranking, um, but we are using, using them, uh, for reviews. Okay. Is there any limitation as far as just talking about on Amazon, but just different marketplaces? Like do you have people who are who are using the same strategies that you've been talking about in order to to launch in Amazon France and and Amazon Italy and Amazon Australia things like that there's no limitations as far as many chat goes for language barriers or anything like that right no no and and I think the biggest thing is you have to understand culture when you're launching I've been launching uh many chat campaigns. One of my first clients ever, um, she was, she was in all five of the EU marketplaces and as well as, as well as amazon.com. And what we found was that UK, Germany, um, and I can't remember if the Netherlands was launched by that point or not, but that they were all very similar to, kind of like the approach and the, and the behavior of like American buyers. Like it was very trusting of technology, um, very quick to adapt low costs from, you know, from a Facebook ad perspective. But then, um, we found like France, <laughs> they wanted nothing to do with it. They would like, we could not get, uh, French consumers to buy at all. Um, they were completely distrusting and, and, and that's, that's to say, even recently I've run campaigns or tried to run campaigns, uh, in France and it just, no, no, it did not. Uh, Spain and Italy weren't too bad, but they definitely weren't as um, high adopting is like UK and Germany and Netherlands. Um, so, but no, there aren't any restrictions just beyond, um, GDPR laws, which are, you know, identity and data protection, which many chat has built into it. So you are covered there as well. I think it's just making sure that your, your chat bots are localized. So, um, you know, there's some great translation services out there and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, I definitely recommend, you know, translating your bots and making sure mm-hmm. that if you're an American, uh, English, even, even if you're selling into the UK, it's a different English, you know, or vice versa. Um, so making sure that things are, things are localized and make sense for your country. And, and Yana has a great, has a great service. Um, yep. I'm sure you've had her on and, and, uh, yep. and they, they have a chatbot service that they created for like I I was chatting with her and I was like, you guys need a chatbot translation service. She's like, done, easy. <laughs> so so definitely check her out for that for that. Cool, cool. Now real quick, let's just get I mean you don't have to, you know, mention products or mention people's names or anything, but maybe give two or three recent examples of, of your clients, how they leveraged using chatbots in their business. Cause you know, we've been talking about strategies throughout this whole episode here, but uh, I want to make sure people understand that, Hey, there, there's real people out there using this. And if you can give us a real life example of either somebody who did it on launch and then, Hey, they got on a keyword with 10,000 search volume to page one and in one uh, week and boom, their organic sales went to this or, or, Hey, we did this on, on a chatbot. Can, can you think of any of that in recent memory that stick out in your mind that you can, you can tell us about, you know, without giving up customer secrets or whatever. Well, I won't name names, uh, yeah. without permission, but, um, 
so yeah, we uh, we ran a, an add to cart campaign. So we had a seller that we um, experimented with this strategy, and basically the add to cart strategy um, comes down to three like really awesome calls to action. Um, it starts off with like a giveaway contest, and basically distributes traffic between either a coupon offer uh, with a secret code or a um, or a full price rebate. And the whole concept is that we're testing is that, you know, Hey, to rank, um, maybe we don't need 50 sales a day to rank for this keyword. Maybe we only need 25 sales a day, um, and 25, uh, you know, add to carts per day. And that's basically what an add to cart campaign is. And so, you know, we're, we're experimenting that with that just from an inventory protection standpoint, like, Hey, if we don't have to give away, you know, 50 units a day, like we'll take that all day long. If we can cut that in half. And we not only saw immediate improvement, uh, in their campaign, we also saw what we call halo effect, which is when you pick, when you have, you know, you're ranking for a specific keyword and then you see other, uh, keyword benefits from, you know, organic ranking benefits from other keywords that have similar shared search terms. So that's another keyword strategy that I'm like a huge fan of is picking a keyword that has a lot of similar qualities to other keywords, um, shared, shared key search terms so that you can, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm ranking for this keyword, but I'm seeing ranking benefit shoot up for all of these other keywords as well. Um, so so when we did that, we did that back in June and we've subsequently been rolling that out to like all of our managed, uh, managed customer campaigns and seeing very similar benefits. So it's definitely a strategy to test and to, you know, experiment with and see if it will work, uh, for your, and, and, and whether it's a, a new product launch or a ranking a re-ranking campaign in this instance, all of the campaigns that we've been working on were re-ranking campaigns, which are much more difficult than new product launches. Uh, mm-hmm. new product launches have it easy because <laughs> you don't have sales history, but if you do have sales history that you're, you know, fighting, fighting against, or, um, you know, that, that might be holding you back, then and to have these strategies work without, you know, uh, having to give away as much inventory, it's definitely, um, definitely something to experiment with. Okay, cool. Now I want to be able to get our 30 second tip, you know, from you, you've been giving us a lot of tips and strategies, but it doesn't have to be many chat related, but I would assume that, you know, uh, your, your, your top strategy would be from that. But what is something that is highly actionable for everyone listening today, but that you could say in 30 seconds or less? Oh, <laughs> you're on the spot. I am on the spot. I'm like dredging through. What have I already shared with you today? Um, something if you haven't already considered doing it is running retargeting campaigns on Facebook for your customer list. Uh, and this is another way that you can um, capture those buyers and 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 thus reviews, basically. Now, if you want a second 30 second tip, is start to think about how you can start to use Amazon as a customer acquisition channel where it's not just a one and done purchase, but where you can um, convert them into a direct customer and start to see like lifetime value of the customer directly. That's, that is my focus for 2021 is, is helping sellers, yes, win that first sale, but then um, focus on the upsell and the cross sell and the direct sell. So if you're not already thinking about that, 
for this year. Please promise me that you'll think about it for next year. I promise. Oh, okay. No, you're not talking to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, all right. Uh, Michelle, as always, you bring such great content to us. So we thank you for these insights. Uh, I'm sure uh, people have more questions or, or that they might be so inspired by this that they want to start using chatbots, but don't know where to begin. So how can they find you on the interwebs to maybe get some more help yeah. with uh, utilizing this in their business? Well, heaven's sakes, you can Google me and I'm everywhere, or you can just go to amzmessengerbotclub.com and you can learn how you can get started with my course or um, consulting, or we do um, have limited availability for uh, for done-for-you services. Love it. All right, Michelle, uh, we'll reach back to you in 2021. Hopefully, it's a, a little bit better year uh, next year than the, this last year has been, but I'm pretty sure that you'll be trudging right along as one of the you know key thought leaders in the chatbot space, and so we'd love to hear back from you next year. Awesome. I'll, I'll put it on my calendar. Love it. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye.